0: This is A Strategist, episode 1061. My name is Zane Veldry. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. Guys, it is time to celebrate. Are you ready, Corey? Are you, celebrate. you ready, Stephen? Celebrate. Oh, no, Wait, hold on. No We're more. Gonna have to we can't do yeah, anymore. Stop. No singing. Yeah, so can yeah. We can't do anymore. Oh, yeah, you can't. I, I heard about this last episode. Stephen Carter breaking some so can rules. Stephen C- Carter, bad boy. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Carter, uh, we are celebrating a milestone. Uh, no, it is not the milestone of perhaps one of the few and first applications of the Velgie rule in current political life. Corey, we'll get to that. There's another milestone we're celebrating. Lay it on us.
1: One, okay. This is huge. We now have one. Massive. Th- this is yeah. big. This is big. We we have had the luxury, we've had the privilege of welcoming into the fold our one thousandth subscriber to Patreon, which is like our two thousandth listener on Patreon, but it's our one
0: thousandth paid subscriber. Yeah. It's amazing. We'll take yeah. it. Oh yeah. That's like and batting five hundred. It was huge. Fucking, we would be we would be all stars. We would be like the best that's we, true. Fucking like the amazing. best batter of all time.
1: Yeah. I, yep. And so we dedicate this hour to him, our liege, our friend. Brett Andrews. Brett Andrews, this is the Brett Andrews.
0: Album. Brett Andrews, oh my yeah. goodness, one thousandth patron. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, I'm over the yeah. moon. Brett Andrews, if Brett Andrews dropped the S, he'd be a typical Corey Hogan or a Stephen Carter. Yeah, yeah guy like with two first two first, first, names. Two first yeah. name dude. Okay, Andrews. We, we've been through Brett,
1: this before. Hogan is not Andrew. a first
0: name. We're gonna call Hogan him Hogan Brett Andrews. I like. I don't. I'm dropping the S. Brett no, Andrews. That's gonna get. Zane, that's gonna yeah. get confusing. We, we're in a gonna minute, need so gonna focus, the S?
2: We're gonna need you to focus. <laughs> first
0: of all, all first of all, let's just let's just go through the hierarchy. All white names are the same. Brett Andrews is what we're going with. That's step two Zane, on the left. No, 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 we're definitely Steph- keeping the S. Brett
2: Andrews. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's like working yeah. with a child. Where's Annalise? Can we cal- – is she Andrew available? Brett.
0: <laughs> Andrew Brett, as he is known to me. Okay. My good friend Andrew Brett. Uh, Brett Andrews, congratulations. I mean, um, you were uh, – I don't know if he timed it perfectly. I don't know if this was desperation. I don't know if it even this was an error for for Brett Andrews, but I he think he it. was trying to subscribe to West of yeah. Center, but I think they he don't was. actually have a patron. So yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't. Well, they have a patron. It's all of us. We are the patron of West of Center. I don't know what it was about Brett Andrews or Brett Andrews, I like to call him. Uh, it could have just been no. a mistake. It could have been an to... error. Oh, just to have...
2: God, Zane, we need you to focus. We really need you to focus <laughs> up here.
0: I'm in the middle of the campaign. I'm not focusing, okay? These, these names are all the same. Brett Andrews, congratulations because uh, through error, through strategy, through tactic, maybe it was a strategy. Maybe Brett Andrews is a strategic genius putting himself at 1,000 thinking there'd be a grand prize in it for him. Well, Carter, it seems like there might be, isn't there?
2: Well, yes and no. I mean, it's more a grand prize for us. Um, (laughs) Okay. See, because here's what we're not doing we're not giving back Brett Andrews' money. We're taking Brett Andrews' cash. He had to pay for his first month up front. That's the new thing that we're doing. And uh, we absolutely kept that cash. But. He, we did reach out to him. We said, uh, "Brett, is it okay if we make this the Brett Andrews Hour?" You know, the and and he said yes, of course. I mean, you know, who doesn't like being honored? Like he did this? it.
0: He said yes. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah,
2: no, this is this is where it starts to get great. Maybe I'm going to throw it over to my good friend Corey Hogan to explain where it starts it to like, get fucking genius.
0: A genius
1: genius. That little bit plan that I'm just <laughs> i am just got to. But I don't actually know what the next bit is here, <laughs> unless you're
2: the website.
1: Oh, the web. Okay. Shh. Well, I, I feel like there was a more elegant way to do this, but, but I, I threw it It's you. not just really that could have been the okay. title of this
2: podcast, like for years. <laughs> it's really upsetting. This
1: is not just this is not just the Brett Andrews Hour. Well, I mean, it, it is, is just yeah. the Brett Andrews Hour, but there's there's more to the Brett Andrews Hour, perhaps than you've led the listeners to believe at this particular yeah. moment. So exciting! Because so exciting. it's it's also just yes. by total coincidence. Oh my fucking god! May eleventh. Also, just happens to be our annual listener survey, Zane. Oh my goodness! Where we go out and we pretend to care for one day, and we ask the listeners their opinions, and we ask the listeners all about them on a survey, which you can access and you can fill out at BrettAndrews.ca.
2: Yep, that's www. For (laughs) those of you who are my age, www.BrettAndrews.ca. Then Uh, uh, that's the survey. Yeah.
1: There's, now, there's no www they don't
2: do that anymore
1: i mean i i,
2: I don't think i set it up for that okay so. never mind the www part so brett clarify.
0: <laughs> the www is is optional uh is what i'm understanding yeah. uh the s on brett andrews not optional
2: not optional Mandatory. Uh, you will, you, you will need right, that Z. at
0: BrettAndrews.ca. Uh, now w- there is something i should clarify uh uh, do not go to the brettandrews.ca. That is not where you want to go for this survey. Uh, just to be clear, right, Carter? Uh, Brett Andrews, uh, add the S. I think it's unnecessary, but add it. Uh, BrettAndrews.ca. That's where you should be going. Yeah, uh, Carter. If they go to the brettandrews.ca, they will not be able to access. No. It the
2: survey. Once again, we have run into a minor problem with our sponsor and. As always, Corey's in charge of sponsor relationships. Things went down. Well, okay. This one was on me. This is almost as bad as my Discord fuck-up, but we're not allowed to talk about uh, that on the... Uh, oh,
1: that's yeah. on the public yeah, feed. Yeah, the public
2: feed, but just if you were paying us money, you'd know that there was a massive fuck-up this week on, on Discord, um, rivaling, rivaled only by our fuck-up again with our sponsor, Flare Airlines. Uh, so if you go to thebredandrews.ca, you will, of course... Um, be able to book a flight. Let's just leave it there. And again, I'm <laughs> I'm tremendously sorry. Uh, no, for Corey. Corey's the one who fucked that up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Not only does going to brettandrews.ca honor Brett Andrews, our 1,000th yeah. patron. Yep. Really important Andrews,
0: person. Radio, is it Brett
1: Andrews our hour radio hour? Brett Andrews hour. Yeah. It's not radio, Zane. It's age, not radio. So that's the it's not the radio but For Carter. Hour. Don't
0: tell Carter that. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not only. Does this honor Brett Andrews? Yeah. Not only does this provide valuable information to the podcast, but you can uh, enter for a chance to win a a autographed one year subscription to our Patreon. Uh, where you can see the Discord fuck up that Stephen was just talking yeah. about. There's a there's a chance of that if you do that. Yeah.
0: Now what are we autographing? We'll figure it out in posts. Yeah, don't oh, worry about right that. It's it. so slowing excellent down off. the show. These are these are these are details, uh, of course. So just to, just to clarify, this is the Brett Andrews hour. Congratulations to, Br- but to Brett. But it is the Brett Andrews hour, but it's BrettAndrews.ca, mm. not the BrettAndrews.ca. Right? Why do you got to yeah. scoop me up? Why do you got <laughs> to scoop me up This <laughs> the, uh, the URL, of course. Uh, BrettAndrews.ca. Like I said, the S necessary, but not. Um, BrettAndrews.ca. That's where you do the survey. Yeah. Uh, and if you do that survey, you get a chance uh, to win an autograph which we'll figure out in post according to what i just heard one year patreon subscription i mean this sounds amazing do not go to the brettandrews.ca uh because that is of course where our uh sponsor uh, flare, airlines, sponsor, uh, flare yes. airlines will will allow you to to book a flight uh flare airlines going downhill is technically going somewhere carter um <laughs> anything else you want to you want to add well i
2: you know it was a bad week for me Right, like we had the Florida yeah. Airlines mess up, we had the Discord situation. I was also in charge of reaching out to uh, number nine ninety nine and one thousand and one, because uh, yeah, you know to,
0: to to tell them that they're major fuck ups in life and they should work on time. So I
2: I, I reached out to Taylor and Sarah uh, and asked them if we could use their names, and uh, no, we cannot. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so Taylor and okay. Sarah, we okay. are not mentioning your names. So. Uh,
0: uh... I'm not sure that sorry, might be Taylor if,
2: Swift, but I I think I don't know for sure.
0: I don't know. Uh, about you. And, and Corey's gonna love this next part, Carter. If if uh, folks want to get a hold of them, can you please uh, give yeah. us their email addresses, their email and address, personal phone numbers? Is um,
2: <laughs> Sarah uh, uh, and no, I can't. I, I'm having some troubles reading it. Anyways. Uh,
0: why are you saying it like Sarah? Is, like, is, Taylor it, Sarah Jensen, you, is it Sarah? By the way, Taylor... Yeah. Are you saying Sarah wrong? Sarah, yeah, yeah, that's what i have wondering. Sarah.
2: No, maybe she spelled it is incorrectly. It, anyway, is that, S-A-R-A? No, I can't yeah, is spell Sarah? it. Because if I spell it, everybody's going to know who it is. It's S-A-H-R-A. Um, Sarah. <laughs> Sahara? Sahara. Oh, okay. Okay, it is... And okay. Taylor... We got you. Taylor's email doesn't even match. Her email is all fucked up. So okay. I'm probably not supposed to mention this because she's probably in witness protection. Or something like that. So we should probably, we should probably drop this bit.
1: Well, I mean, you guys blew it, uh Sarah and Taylor, because as everybody knows, if Brett Andrews for whatever reason cannot fulfill his duties as one thousandth patron, that does kind of you know constitutionally fall to you two. Well, and this to, sp- to share the responsibility. The speed with which he if got if back to a me, of you,
2: leads me to believe that he's kind of a loser. So he's probably going to fuck up something. That's
1: that's not nice. That's not that's nice, not, man. That's not
2: really. Yeah, no,
0: that's, that's come, come that's on, it's me. Because he's sweet.
2: been Because text- I sent him like an email hoping to get a single. Oh, he wants. thought this was a friendship. This is oh, now God. like he's back and forth Ugh. with me. You know what? It's mm-hmm.
1: Brett. I've decided. I- Brett is my friend now. Okay, then yeah, you yeah, have I to take emailing. The to Calgary, think,
2: off
0: of my... T- if you're not I, in Calgary, yeah, I think we're team. And that is Sarah. Where you do need the S. Just so you know yeah, that that is just... a, a situation where an s is appropriate. Brett oh, okay. Andrews, yeah, just letting you guys know. Um, <laughs> what else do we want to talk about before we start the show? Um, I don't know. Twenty minutes in, uh, the Velji rule made an appearance. Velji uh, did not uh, because, of course, it was about mm-hmm. provincial politics. Um, anything you guys want to tell me uh, since since last episode? Um, because I, I like uh, Stephen. My favorite topic is is me.
2: Well, well, you know how you say. Um You know, having to say the words, I've always been a friend of the Jewish people.
0: Which I have, but yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's a part of the Velji rule. That's like the core element, right? Like it's, it's,
0: it is, that's the only element one might say.
2: Word for word, (laughs) that's what you say. Like there's other ways of saying
0: that, right? Like we could write several other ways to say it. So the reason, okay, the history history here,
2: are they trolling her? Well,
0: okay, and you guys may have talked about this. I I, I tuned out. Um, But, the 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 reason that I find the Velji rule to be very funny, uh, outside of the fact that it is named after uh, Velji, yeah. uh, is I speak in third person now. Um, is because <laughs> who the fuck would actually say that, right? No one. Like like those words are so cliche and like just so. It, just it's
1: one of those terrible. cliches that's never ah. actually happened. It's like the summary of the thing that's always been different yeah. than the summary. Yeah. Yes. This this is yeah. True. It's like um, the line in the movie God
0: or. Dave. Dave? Why did I say God? That's so weird. Well, it's the same. That is yeah. so Dave. Um, <laughs> I won't talk about it more because, as you guys know, I'm not, I'm not addressing anything related to provincial uh, politics yeah, at the moment. Yeah, which we discussed lot-
2: we think you're being a pussy. But okay, continue. No, uh,
0: however, the last thing I will okay. say, there are several people who have direct messaged me and told me that the spelling of my name, Z-A-I-N, is an anagram for Nazi. So uh, how appropriate uh, <laughs> oh, to good. leave on that yeah. note. Yeah, so that's that's good to know. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's good. Now now you know that, and you can't unknow that. Let's move it on to our first segment, our first segment town hall train wreck. Corey Hogan, Donald Trump, he is back. back. He's, uh, he's always been back. Yeah. He's always had. But now the traditional media, which have feasted on Donald Trump, have now given him time, prime time. Last night, yeah. CNN gave Donald Trump prime time in, in a town hall. They phrased it and framed it, I should say, as an accountability interview. But they are being widely, widely panned for giving the, the former president uh, so much airtime exclusively uh, to not even answer questions, but to skirt questions, to <clears throat> kind of get away with certain topics. Uh, reviews include toe-curlingly bad television, uh, no fact-checking, no care for the truth, no ability to call a out on his lies, um, you know, just powering through the the host there. Uh, in 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 many ways, Corey, I want to get your reactions first, and then we'll get into the strategy on both sides because there's some crisis strategy that CNN might need to do here. There's some sure, you know, strategy of Donald Trump's opponents, perhaps with both colors applied to it, uh, the blue and the red. But Corey, your initial thoughts, Carter, your initial thoughts, and then let's get into the strategy.
1: Well. I actually so I'm I'm really kind of of many many minds on this. The the first and f- most foundational is CNN should not have done this. They can say whatever they want. This was not about accountability. This was about ratings. This was about trying to get people to tune into a network that's been struggling and floundering and not really part of the conversation the way it was. 20, 30 years ago when CNN was the source of breaking news, but the world has gone on to the Fox news and the MSNBCs as we've ended up in a more polarized time. Foundationally, that's what I believe. I don't think that this Mm. was in any way, shape or form about accountability. But, but... We actually got some interesting things out of this town hall, as much as we might be loath to admit it. So, yeah, absolute clown car of a situation. Really disgusting the way the audience was applauding certain things that are mm-hmm. certainly not applauseworthy. But, but. We also have the possibility that Gene Carroll is now going to sue Donald Trump again because Mm. of his comments. He also went out and he made comments about uh, the uh, confidential documents, the classified documents that he brought with him that may put him into legal trouble. And of course, he made his very famous comment that maybe we should just default on the debt. This absolute ridiculous position, this nihilistic position that just seems to want to make the world burn, Uh, no matter how many people get hurt, how many... Retirements get lost, you know, how much livelihood is destroyed. And so, in a funny way, while I don't believe accountability was in any way, shape, or form the goal, I actually think there were quite a few things that happened last night that are going to have lasting consequences for Donald Trump and could potentially, you know, if this was a play, you might see this as Act Three, where his fate is entirely sealed because his comments in particular on the classified documents feel destined to get him into legal hot
0: water. Carter, what do you think? When and when when you saw that this was happening, when you saw they gave him a primetime slot, you know, many are equating this to less of a town hall, which we we are used to as a format of facilitation by a host and more so like a debate between a CNN host. Like this was like a back and forth to the point where at the end of the debate, Trump was like, "You're a nasty woman for everything that you've done over yeah. the course of this hour to me." What did you think? Your your top line thoughts?
2: Well, my top line thoughts are, you know, why would CNN do this? And and I agree with Corey; it was for ratings. I mean, I'm told that they they got six times the normal ratings for for the for that particular moment in time. I mean, that's. That's a significant ratings bump. I mean, I've actually penned an invite to Donald Trump to join the strategist next week. Uh, if we can get a, you know, a six times ratings bump. I mean, that's huge. Um, you should
1: mention that Zane's name is an anagram for Nazi. It might help. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I actually
2: wrote that in. That's how I think I'm going to get him. Um, it's not. That's a closer. So geez. so what we're, <laughs> what we're trying to figure out is whose job is it to stop the pr- proliferation of um, anarchy? right? Is it the media's job to stop the proliferation of, of anarchy, or is it us as political operatives? And it, I think it's our job to stop the, 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 the spread of political anarchy. And it is the media's job to give us the, the platforms to speak from. And, the you know, CNN, all CNN did was give trump the platform and to Corey's point he may hang himself a little bit from that platform because he's not doing you know he's not great at this um and in the past we let him get away with it we society let him get away with it because we were uh willing to look past societal norms in order to bring him you know to, to allow him to continue i mean he should have been he should have died after the grabbed them by the pussy comment. he should have died after like how many times did the media objectively call this guy, you know, show what he said with the expectation that the audience would just simply go, oh, that's, that's a step too far now that we're no longer going to vote for him. That's the media's job. The media's job is not to censor and decide who should get the airtime and who shouldn't. Now, I will argue this to me wasn't a debate between the CNN host and, and Donald Trump. This was a, you don't think so? Uh, it was, no, it was a commercial for Donald Trump. Um, Donald, what really bothered me about this is the audience. The audience selection really bothered me about this. You don't fill the fucking hall with sycophants and undecided, lean Trump uh, independents. You fill the audience with everybody, everybody. And if and if Donald Trump doesn't want to have the the general population in the audience, then he doesn't get the slot.
0: Let's let's talk about the audience in a, in a second. But can I get some clarifying comments from both of you very quickly, Corey? If you were CNN, would you have done this? Yes or no, Carter? If you were CNN, would you have done this? Yes or no? Let's let's get that on the table. and Then I want to move on.
1: I mean, it, it sounds bad that I would say yes, but sure. I mean, what's my job as a CNN executive? It is actually, you know, the media like to talk about the media's importance in democracy you know the the fifth estate all of, all of the value that's provided there but the reality is it is a business and this is newsworthy at, at its most foundational level i talked about three things donald trump said and did on cnn that were basically news right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's i mean and we haven't even gotten into some of like the, the the pageantry and entertainment value that's there that yeah was very gross but i'm i'm sure actually served the purpose of getting advertisers to the network and And supported it in that way, shape, or form. I think I would have a hard time not doing it, right? I I mean, I'm trying to imagine not doing it. Although I do agree with Stephen, perhaps I would have been a little bit firmer on terms because I think Donald Trump... Probably would have accepted regardless because he does need to get himself back into the limelight. He might be leading in the Republican primary, but he's not. He's not getting the crowds he used to get. He's not getting the attention he used to get. And so you've got a little bit more swing if you're CNN. And frankly, the way the crowd was created this time around, it, it felt like a Jerry Springer crowd almost, oh, yeah. or at least a good portion of it. And it was. It was not. It was very unbecoming. And I don't think CNN should have constructed it the way they did, but the overall idea of having Donald Trump on an accountability town hall, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time saying not to do that. I think that would be only a hindsight thing. I think that'd be a hypocritical thing because I think if I was in the same position, I, I would probably be inclined to do that. Carter? Yeah,
2: yes Yeah, I or mean, no? they absolutely should have done it. Um, that's all I needed to and do, right? Like, I didn't need to do a four-hour Yes, you didn't need to do what
0: Corey did there. No, <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. Do you know who would not do that? Brett Andrews. Brett Andrews. Andrews would never have done Brett that. Andrews. Brett Andrews. Yeah. Fucking Brett Andrews. He's Congratulations, actually Brett actually emailing 1, me 000.
2: again. This is you like know, out email, of hand. Email,
1: email Brett right now and ask him his opinion
2: okay.
1: on, on this Donald Trump thing. Because I, I think maybe if we can, in real time, get it on the show, yeah, I think that, that would really add value to the I'm Brett on Andrews, it. Andrews no, Hour. If, if I... you're
0: just joining us, you're tuning in to the Brett Andrews Hour. Uh, I'm your yeah. host, Zane Belgi. Do, do a lot of people uh, Brett... start a podcast at like the 20-minute mark? Or like, what's the... No, I, no, I'm just I trying so. to make it like radio. Remember on yeah. radio, they always it's called resetting. Corey, <laughs> you have to reset in case someone joins. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Corey Hogan, who gave a three-minute answer to a yes and no question. uh Cor- Carter, hang here's on, I'm the thing. typing. Fucking idiot, <laughs> Corey. Why? Here's the thing: you guys are interchangeable to me. Uh, this one I might need a bit of substantiation. I'll get to the—I get to the audience. Write me. A verbally answer,
1: I'm I'm typing something to Stephen that <laughs> you yeah. should send to Brett
2: Andrews. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Okay, continue.
0: Okay. Read it. Read it. Read it. No, 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 no. Read it out to okay, us. Okay, you can, you can go ahead now. Yeah, we're ready for But Read it out to us, though, so we can all be involved.
1: No, I can no, send are note. you
0: Brett Andrews? Are you Brett Andrews? Do yeah. you get to hear it's messages private. from
1: Brett Andrews?
2: It's private. You know what?
1: It's private between me and Stephen and Stephen and Brett Andrews.
2: Because Taylor on, and say. Sarah expected privacy, and look what happened to them.
0: <laughs> that better not be their names. <laughs> or it better be, I don't know. I really don't know. I- <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh,
2: shit. Okay. okay.
0: Corey, you're a communications professional. Write me the best justification while acknowledging your democratic responsibility for why CNN should do what they did. In hindsight, with in all hindsight. the heat, that, in hindsight, with today's. With all of the heat. With all of the heat. Where does it start for you? Uh, based on what you saw, Donald Trump calling a police officer a thug. Making racist comments about Chinatown, describing the host as a nasty person, a woman he sexually is, is, is abused, calling her a whack job. These are just a few of the things, right? Yeah. This is I this mean, is now what a you long, have to gross list. Yeah. You have to wear this in some ways, in or do you? And so, the, my question is: a communications professional, in hindsight, what's CNN's response today? Where do you start?
1: Yeah. The news is uh, is not always pleasant to watch. Often we deal with reprehensible situations. We have dealt with murders, we have dealt with violence, and we have dealt with Donald Trump. But whether it's reprehensible does not uh, determine its newsworthiness or lack thereof. Donald Trump on our network yesterday made no shorter than five statements that uh, will have serious consequences to his campaign in the future and perhaps American democracy. And uh, as a network, while we are deeply uncomfortable with the positions that Donald Trump took and the attacks against our anchor, uh, there's no question that uh, that it reached a bar of newsworthiness and that the American democracy and the American conversation is stronger because of what we, uh, what we had to go through.
0: Carter, yes and that. Build on that for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was really good. And now the next piece is, you know, it is not our job to censor the the materials that you see. Our job is to show you uh, the unvarnished truth uh, and and to allow you then to make decisions based upon that truth. The decisions that some people made, uh, you know, after in, in the 2016 election uh, had ramifications and uh, the decisions that are going to be made in the 2024 election will have ramifications. Those decisions will not be made by CNN. Those decisions will be made by the voters of the United States of America, and that is what we're the most proud of as a news organization.
0: Do you buy that? Having said that, out of your both of your mouths, do you guys actually like you guys buy that? Yes, you do it. That. You actually buy that. Yeah, Corey, do you buy that fully, or are you doing that just because I asked you to do the exercise? I mean, I half
1: buy it. I because again, like I think what I said, you know, it's the nature of spin, Zane. I, I think that. Maybe like my third order thought is probably along the lines of what I just said. There, the main reasons I did it had nothing to do with the high minded points that was, I put in about. It was, you know, yeah, yeah. The news is not always easy, but it's true. The news is not always easy. You can think about when they're covering in a war zone. And there are people being murdered. You can think about a hurricane where people are dying and being displaced. And the news covers that. And the news's job is not to make us feel comfortable. And the news's job is not to coddle us from the difficult things that we have to see and deal with, whether it be climate change or whether it be Donald Trump. And so, yeah, Donald Trump is newsworthy. Whether we like it or not, he is the frontrunner for the Republican nomination. And whether we like it or not, what he says is something that we have to reckon with as he is uh, the former and perhaps future leader fuck, of the free world. Not yeah. like I'm not even going to pretend yeah, that I think that that's a thing anymore. Yeah, that's but, not- you know, he is president of the United States or was president, could be president. And that's a pretty fucking important job.
0: Carter? You buy it fully, but I want to actually move on to something that you've mentioned, which is the audience, but let me package it into something broader, which is, um, Corey, you mention this all the time. There's like the three prongs that that the accessibility, the viability, intent. Is that right? Yeah. AVI, baby. The viability question is interesting. What creates someone as a viable candidate? Hmm. And uh, the reason I want to put the viability casing on it is does a prime time slot to a struggling president help with viability? And the second sort of a conversation I want to have here is actually the audience. Is what is the function of an audience at a televised town hall? Because if he says some bullshit and they're validating it at home, how is that received? Is that like a, is that a big boon for Donald Trump in some ways? Is that super helpful to have his supporters cheer on something? Cause it, further helps normalize it further helps shows its popularity further helps shows and increases that viability or am i over reading too much no, into that around the audience this, so let's I let's think go we on both. Agree on the audience i think the audience was like a serious mistake uh it wasn't, but, it was but why let's let's dig into it because i think for some reason for us it's easy to dismiss if we put our take our strategist hats off that that's a bunch of you know donald trump supporters cheering on donald trump but carter the implications and the downstream effects are perhaps larger than that, are they not?
2: Well, yeah, because you know this is about a gang, right? This is about belonging to a club, right? So the great, the great strength and the great weakness of the internet is it allows us to find our peers, the people who that we who we like, the people who are like us that have similar interests. Now, you know, for for Corey, that's bondage, but for other people, it's 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 um, you know, it it's things like like Donald like Trump's. the sex style.
1: thing, not slavery, just to be clear. Right. Yeah,
2: totally the like, sex thing. I'm yeah,
1: like, okay, thank you.
2: Dark, man, that's dark. Um, Anyways, the, the the point is that people found their communities, and they found their communities, and then, you know, th- that's great when you're finding your kid's soccer team community, and, and isn't that great, you know? Little Timmy did great this year. But when you are finding uh, racism, and when you're finding people who feel like they're downtrodden and who wish to blame others specifically others who are of a different race or different religion or different uh creed of whatever that creed may be that becomes problematic and what CNN's job in this was to reflect the norm uh to reflect you know you should fill an audience with average everyday both sides and through i think capitulation they had chosen to instead of putting forward a, a real audience that reflected all sides that may have found things like the eugene carroll uh elements disgusting um and and maybe would have booed him instead he gets a round of applause for each of the you know the more, more misogynistic he is the bigger the round of applause is and the signal that's sent to those watching at home is that's how we get to be popular it's the exact same that happens with bullies on a schoolyard You know, how did bullies on the schoolyard wind up with those other two? You know, like, how did Corey wind up with you and me, Zane? Corey was the big bully at H&K, and you and I just slid in right behind him. You know, just like 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 we're in Back to the Future we're behind Biff, right? I was Biff. I was the guy in the 3D glasses, and Biff was out there poking Marty McFly. You and I were right there.
1: Zane's McFly, I think. (laughs) Okay, well, that
2: destroys the analogy, but I guess that's... No, Annalise is the other... That's what Dave does. Other guy. Yeah. But the point of the exercise here is that you must if you're going to have an audience, if you're going to uh, reflect the norm, if you will, then that audience must, in fact, be the norm. And that's the that's the rule that CNN broke, most likely because that was the demand of the person that they wanted to put on television.
0: Corey, talk to me about the impact and the power of the audience. Their validation of certain points, their, re- re- uh, their refusal to clap or acknowledge other points. How does that translate at home? And what does an entirely friendly audience kind of kind of do to you?
1: Well, I mean, many of you have probably seen online, either on TikTok or Twitter or YouTube. The The meme of taking old sitcoms from the 90s and pulling the laugh track out and just how flat everything sounds and how not mm. funny it is as a result. It, you know, in Friends, Ross all of a sudden looks like a sociopath. In Seinfeld, they all just seem like a bunch of weirdos right? And some of it's timing, but not all of it's timing. A lot of why people laugh is because people are laughing. A lot of why people cheer is because people are cheering. And what CNN provided rather than true accountability was Donald Trump in four cameras. He got his studio audience to laugh and to cheer and to to just amp him on and up and around. And that is in turn is going to make people at home want to have those same emotions. We talk about, the, the word aping refers to apes, right? And how they like to mimic. Well, humans are kind of like that, too. We like to mimic. We like to ape things and we like to be like the people around us. That's that's how mob mentalities get built here. And what, what CNN has unfortunately done is they fueled that. And they've provided that stage and that backdrop for Donald Trump and everything he said, rather than having a neutral audience or no audience, seemed funnier because people laughed. The things that the moderator asked that uh, the audience booed at seemed worse because the audience booed. And that backdrop means a lot. And that's exactly why you don't do what CNN did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that.
0: Let's talk about the overall viability that a primetime television slot gives to Donald Trump Carter. One might argue it's fucking CNN. Well, what does this matter? Why is it matter? But do you feel like there's actually an argument that that a primetime slot in to, especially to a guy who's been sluggish in the polls, that people are just, you know, looking at as as more of a, a sideshow than anything else. Does this help with actual core viability in any meaningful way? And I'll ask the same question to you, Corey, in a second.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and the proof is the proof is why did Trump do it? Right. This isn't his audience. This isn't who he needs to go see. I mean, he needs to to help Tucker Carlson get, you know, get set up on Twitter. I mean, he needs to find his his core audience and convince his core audience that this is this is, you know, his comeback. He is viable. He is real. And by showing up on CNN and getting a full hour, um, the message was sent. The message was sent. He is absolutely real. Now, here's the other side of the coin, though. He is real. He is the front runner in the in the uh, Republican. I almost said UCP, but that would have been wrong. He was in the in the Republican primary. He's the front runner. Desantis is falling. There are no other credible alternatives. So yeah, I mean, he wants to. I mean, to me, this is him trying to not just win the primary, but trying to win the actual from um, uh, the actual. Um, the actual election the, you know, he's, he's already thinking past the primary and putting himself in. I need to win the election and I'm going to need CNN's audience.
0: Corey, talk to me about the viability of something like this. Talk to me about what, what a a televised prime slot one on one, or I guess in this case, it wasn't even against anyone other than a a moderator from CNN. What does that do? Many have called this a a televised Trump rally uh, paid for by CNN. Um, if it was that, or if it was a debate with the moderator, however you want to choose to assess it, does this help with his viability?
1: I, yeah, I don't think it was a televised Trump rally paid for by CNN. I think that's a, I, like, again, I in many ways, it for me, it comes back to the audience. But what I do believe is that it was of value to Trump, which doesn't mm. mean it was wrong for CNN to do it. I, You know, I, I think that people would love to think that if it promotes a politician, it's not newsworthy. But by that definition, basically, almost any coverage of a politician right. shouldn't happen the value for donald trump in many ways was not his base who have stuck with him they thick and thin it was that once again and for the first time in a while in a way that wasn't entirely uh, so weird to say because what he said was so batshit crazy but he seized the media cycle with this and now people are talking about donald trump again in ways frankly that they weren't uh, a week ago and for me my view of it is donald trump got value out of it in that we're all reacting to Donald Trump again. And that is ultimately Donald Trump's superpower. He keeps us spinning. He keeps us moving. He keeps us talking about him rather than everything else around him, putting him in context, the other people who could potentially move the country on from Donald Trump, such as DeSantis, frankly, such as Biden, such as any of the other
0: candidates that might be out there for president. Carter, you're the chief strategist for Ron DeSantis. You saw this as a prime time slot for Donald Trump, however you spin it. You also saw him say some totally insane things. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling like, you know what, this is actually great. This guy has got put so much stuff out there, to Corey's first point, that he's just, you know, able to now tie his own rope, so to speak. Or are you saying, fuck this noise, to Corey's most recent point, that now we can't even get into the media cycle, we need our, our, what are you thinking, and what are you doing as a next step?
2: Well, the very first thing I'm thinking is, I'm going to the candidate and I'm saying, Ron, you got to make up your mind. This is it. Are you in? In which case, we need to attack. Or are you out? In which case, you mm. can go back to being the governor uh, of uh, the soon-to-be Disneyless uh, Florida. Um, so... <laughs> Did you see that they're threatening to leave That's lower. Nice. Yeah, yeah, extending. I did see that. Um, but th- you know, this is this is where Desantis is, and all the others, frankly, you know, whether it's Nikki Haley or or um, uh, what was the gu- Aisha Aisha Hutchison or whatever his name is, um, <clears throat> they're all flailing because none of them will take on Trump. And Trump said four or five or six things that were bad yesterday. The only way you get yourself into that cycle is to take the oppositional position. The Democrats aren't going to do it. The Democrats don't need that kind of pain. So get in there and decide that you're going to run. And if you're going to run, it's because you're better than Trump. And if you aren't better than Trump, then just get the fuck out of the way. Just stop, because there's no sense in running for a position that you're never going to get. And uh, DeSantis right now can't beat Trump unless he decides to actually compete with Trump.
0: Corey, what are you doing? You're Desantis, I think, is the most intriguing of the lot, right? Like we yeah. can easily ask how to strategize for Biden. Desantis, the lack of official, the opa- opaque nature of his declaration, whether he's doing it or not. Then you also have the added element of like, well, he's the one that's now kind of shepherding Trumpism. Uh, and then there's also the added element of like, fuck, this guy's actually really back, and now he's we're all swirling around his son, S U N, right? Yeah. What are you? What are you kind of? What are you kind of thinking of? if you are strategizing for DeSantis right now? If I'm
1: strategizing for DeSantis, DeSantis is in an interesting position because of course, so many of his supporters in Florida actually support Donald Trump in a federal context for president. And, you know, like there's weird Mm -hmm. dynamics where basically he doesn't want to attack Donald Trump. I think that we have to sort of acknowledge that as a starting point here. And even though Donald Trump is in the lead, I actually think if I was talking to DeSantis, my basic strategy for Donald Trump would be to almost like diminish him by acting as though like he's just not the guy anymore and taking it for granted. Like, let me play this one out for you. I'm I'm Ron DeSantis and DeSantis is going to be in. Like everyone expects he'll be in. in
0: yeah, the yeah. It's just a formality, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So at that announcement, he says, "I'm Ron DeSantis and I'm running for president." And someone says, "Well, what does this mean in terms of Donald Trump?" And you'd be like, "Listen, I think Donald Trump was a great president, but I mean." I think we can all acknowledge, all acknowledge Donald Trump's time is done here. Like, I mean, look at the legal troubles he's in. Look at the way he crashed out of the White House. I mean, you pick your words carefully, but you basically say, look, I, I, that's not my concern. If Donald Trump decides that he's actually going to go through with running, almost suggests that his announcement is is kind of like a fake announcement or whatnot, well, then I guess we'll see him in the primaries. But the reality is mm-hmm. I'm interested in becoming president of the United States here, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking the fight to Joe Biden. And I would actually not – necessarily spend a ton of time on trump at the start like he's gonna come at you he's gonna be a jugular but you almost jujitsu him and the angrier he comes at him you go you know i really appreciate what donald trump's done but this kind of heat this kind of energy that's exactly why you know uh, i'm running uh, because it's clearly evidence he's not actually going to be the guy next time. Like, it's not even like, that's why I think we need to beat him. But you almost be dismissive of the fact that everything he's done suggests that he doesn't stand a chance in a general Car- election. Carter, you you're itching. You're
0: itching to get in.
2: Well, I mean, that's absolutely right. But that is what Ron DeSantis will not do because he doesn't have the testicles. He doesn't have the ball sack. He doesn't have the ovaries. He doesn't have the uterus. He's he missing
1: he's missing he's missing he's kind missing, of gonads of all types. He's yes.
2: missing the thing that makes a person a person. He's missing he's missing that, that steel that turns real people into active people. And and sure, he became the governor by pretending to build a Lego wall with his son. I mean, let's not forget that he rode co- Trump Trump's coattail at the time when trump's coattails were the longest um, and he doesn't want to actually put himself in a position of leading uh what cory said was exactly right forget the guys there but but then forget the guys there but then re- you know just rip the shit out of him he can't win because he just lost five million dollars to eugene carroll he can't win because he hasn't won three elections in a row he can't win because you know like you can throw all those things out but That's what I'm saying when I say uh, if I'm his campaign strategist, I'm going into the door and I'm saying, are you prepared to take these positions? Yes or no. And if not, then get the fuck out.
1: You know, I think it's it's like I don't quite have it articulated here, but I can almost imagine a debate between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump where Donald Trump goes fucking apeshit on Ron Mm. DeSantis and Ron is like smiling, be like. Don, that's why we love you. You're such a character. You were so great as president, you know. Uh, and and I'm going to take a lot of that same energy into the White House. But you know, but what I'm also going to do is I'm going to I'm going to you know do the thing I did in Florida. I'm going to sweep it all out. And you almost treat him like he's he's the the retired guy who won't move on. Exactly. I, I think there's an opportunity.
2: Exactly. There. I'm going to take that exact same energy, but I'm going to win. That needs to be the statement, right? But I'm going to win because you're not. You're not going to win. And you know how I know you're not going to win? You haven't won. And you haven't won in so long that people don't remember you winning. You can run around and claim this victory that, that didn't happen, but you are a loser. And, and he needs to be willing to say that in some form. You can you can gussy it up, but it, it, it needs to be said.
0: Two two final questions. One very quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, Brett Andrews, what does he need to do in this situation right now? Like Brett Andrews is currently probably listening. It is a Brett Andrews hour. Uh, the podcast hour or radio hour, or however he wants to say it. He can add his own word in between there. What does Brett Andrews need to do right now, Carter, very quickly?
2: Brett Andrews needs to reply to me because I send him a fucking note and he's velgied me. Uh, he's just completely you know not You I answered. love this.
1: You were just, uh, at the start, you were like, this Brett Andrews guy. You know, so why when, when we need him, when
2: we need him, he's gone. He's exactly like Veljie.
1: Veljie's Maybe the same he way. Is- Maybe he, like all of the listeners right now, yeah, is mm-hmm. going to brettandrews.ca, not the brettandrews.ca. Oh, yeah. So Would brettandrews.ca yeah. to fill out the Strategist Listener Survey for a chance to win an autographed uh, Patreon subscription for one year.
0: That's yeah. really Well, good. that sounds like a, a great gift. Well, That's a really good uh, gift. Uh, finally, watching last night, seems like years ago. Yeah, Watching last night, has this redefined or even gotten you guys to think, if you were strategists putting up a candidate in this format in any country, but let's use our country, does it change any of the core rules for you? Like, would you yourself say, fuck it, I guess I'm pushing for an audience of my supporters now because we can do that. Fuck it, I guess I'm just debating the moderator because we can do that. Or is this just all Trump-dependent? Like, has any fundamental political 2023 town hall rule tweaked or changed, or are you noodling something and, and, and I always talk about era shifts. Has this shifted anything in, into a new era? And often we talk about these things uh, in retrospect. Oh, you know, digital came and it did this. Uh, are we on the verge of something, is the simple way for me to ask it. Are we on the verge of something? And as w- would you, as strategists, observing what happened here, perhaps change one of your your, your rules or one of your um, sort of pillars uh, in terms of how you think about these? Things. Corey, he'll start with you. Carter, same question to you in a second.
1: Uh, you know, I... The thing I've been wondering about in the past 24 hours is what do we think CNN's best case scenario was here? Like, Did they think that Caitlin Collins was going to do like Frost-Nixon and basically just deconstruct this man on stage? But then why would you have the studio audience that's so aggressively against us? You, you ask if this changes the rules. This to me doesn't – this is such an aberration. I've never seen anything like this. I've seen components of this, but I've never seen all of mm-hmm. them put together like this. Together? Like, like I've seen a campaign – put on an event that is like they're faithful, who's going to cheer it on. I have seen um, this kind of debate between a moderator and a candidate, like a sit-down interview. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen a sit-down interview with an audience, but that audience is more general. But I've never seen the audience that's like a campaign audience that has that kind of energy and that kind of heat, but it's with the moderator who is going yeah, at like them. Frankenstein's so town hall yeah, in some just way, right? it's the
0: weirdest thing. Carter did it change any rules for you? Uh, did it change any any if you were if you were called up as the strategist to help design the rules for the the next town hall for your candidate? Would watching what you did yesterday change any of the presumptions or strategies in your toolkit for you?
2: Well, I mean the, the Trump doesn't change our rules. Trump changes his own rules uh that has been an, an ongoing uh truism since the beginning because if if trump co- if if trump's rules could be adapted um then we wouldn't have we wouldn't be seeing the velge rule being pulled out by uh by danielle smith right now because you know sh- she would be able to get away with it because lord knows lord knows donald trump's been able to get away with it but the donald trump rules the things that he resets seem to only apply to him i mean First of all, how many of us would have had the audacity to actually ask for the things that they got? Do you think that they didn't ask for that host? You know why wasn't it Anderson Cooper? Because they didn't want Anderson Cooper. Why mm. would you know why was the audience the way they the, you know the audience? Because they didn't want the, a, a real audience.
0: But 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 this is what's interesting to me, right? do campaigns now just dictate the terms we don't I like to, tell you what to to me to me this was like a let's just oh, CNN you need me more than i need you you're going to say yes you're going to face the heat and you're still going to say yes so if you want me if you want trump here's what you got to do you got to put this frankenstein of a clown car show on um, I want Caitlin Collins, I want my audience, and I get to say whatever the fuck I want. And I will probably dictate what day and what time slot in some ways, too. But this is what I'm trying to ask, perhaps in a roundabout fashion, Carter. No. Has this changed the rules for campaigns to be like, fuck it, we run the show now?
2: Just just go back to that campaign that you're not working on and, and suggest to uh, to your team that you know what we need to do? We need to totally trump this new upcoming debate next week. If they want Rachel Notley, then they're going to follow our rules, goddammit. And you just get back to us next week how that went for you. I'm going to tell you how it's going to go. It's going to go to shit because there's no one else that has the capacity to, to get these things because no, no one else is mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And and it sucks CNN should not have given in on many of these de- uh, on many of these points. But I suspected it was, you know, Donald Trump's not going to show up unless you do the following things. And instead of being high minded and smart, they they capitulated and gave in. And and that's the way that Donald Trump gets everything. He fucking has a ten- temper tantrum and he gets whatever he wants. And the regular human beings, the rest of us, uh, if we were to try that technique, we'd, we'd just be fucking laughed off the stage.
0: Laughed off this. Corey finish finish finishes off on this.
1: Corey end us. Yeah. Well, the yeah. I mean, there is a truth to especially to that temper tantrum part. We as like he just confronts people perpetually, and he knows most of the time most people are going to back down on all of these things, and it's led to his success. But it's also what makes him such a first class shitheel, right? Like he just he thrives in confrontational environments, and he's done this. But I, you know, Zayn to your question, I don't think the rules have changed. I think that Donald Trump is just somebody who has, because of his entertainment value, as much as we might disdain that, because of the numbers that he can draw and all of that, he's just in a stronger negotiating position. But the reality is, these things are always negotiated. Now, they're usually negotiated with more decorum. Campaigns are Mm -hmm. usually like, yeah, that doesn't seem great, so I'm not going to ask for that. But he's fucking shameless. He draws eyeballs. And he, he'll he just ask for it, and he'll do it. But it's just an extreme manifestation of the rules as they've always existed. You want to have a sit down interview with somebody, you're going to negotiate the terms, the questions, what's out of bounds, what's in bounds, is your yeah, spouse you, going to be there with you? How big is the audience? Is the audience allowed to applaud? These things have been negotiated since the start of time. And like I said, None of these individually are new demands. It's the combination that makes it so novel, but it's the combination he was able to demand because of his bargaining
0: power. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. But the word that you brought up that I think is most interesting is shameless. And are we (laughs) going to be in an era of more politicians just being naked with what they want and shameless in in how to get it and and knowing that the upside is worth the the cost in terms of process? I think that to me, if there was any rule change, I think that-
2: That could be great. It could be great if politicians were saying what they wanted and, and, and actually did and said what they wanted to get. But there has to be a consequence to it, too. And that's where Trump is is alone. He does not suffer the mm-hmm. consequences.
0: Coy, you wanted to retort yeah, me, I, I suspect, too? Or, or this... No, I just think you should uh, sound
1: off at brettandrews.ca or oh, maybe yeah. lie down. To one of these locations in the United States and talk to a Trump supporter yourself by going to thebredandrews.com. Did we
2: mention that we're not even charging them to give us this feedback?
1: Oh, I mean, no we're problem. actually offering it. I gift, mean, what Stephen! Like, there's a chance. It, this there's is, a yeah.
2: This is a, a serious chance get, that
1: you could yes, win. You could win an oh, autographed, unreal, an autographed, twelve month
2: Patreon subscription. I don't even know who we are, uh,
0: and and I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're the best, and and yeah. we get the gift of feedback. Uh, which we will take very, <laughs> very selectively. Oh yeah. Uh, we will. Yeah, Corey will edit the feedback to, uh, to back to Carter and I, so that we only hear the best. Well, I don't uh, want to l- crush you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would that's, be. Gr- that's really r- true. Very
0: fragile people. Let's move it on to our next segment. Our next segment. Two minutes for interference, guys. That's a hockey reference, but it is also oh, not. Thank you. Yes, it is a reference to what is going on in Ottawa with Conservative MP Michael Chong, who last week found out from intelligence officials confirming that him and his family had been targeted by Chinese consular official uh, in retaliation for a motion he moved in the House in February of 2021, uh, condemning Beijing's treatment of, of Uyghur Muslims. This was first reported by the Globe and Mail, confirmed by intelligence officials. This drew a lot of, of eyeballs and media stories last week. Uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about on the China interference file, but I'm going to start at perhaps an interesting spot. Um, Perhaps an interesting spot. Carter, this story had legs last week. It has legs this week to the point where the House of Commons unanimously uh, unanimously agreed that it should strike a study into the intimidation campaign allegedly orchestrated by by this now expelled diplomat. By the way, that was also new. This diplomat is now expelled. And the federal government is also now greenlining, or green lighting, I should say, Uh, the Foreign Agents Registry. They're going to now create this. This has been called upon for a long time, long time, long time. Didn't happen. How much of this, Stephen Carter, is due almost singularly to the messenger and not so much the message, which is Michael Chong, a guy that seems to have a lot of respect within his party, despite maybe not being so aligned with the current Polyev world. This is me editorializing. Yeah. And seems to have a lot of, uh, you know, respect amongst the Ottawa bubble, even amongst liberals. And, and what does this kind of say? Less about the story, but more about the messenger effect here, because that to me is the most intriguing. So so I'm, I'm drawing you down a path. Feel free to continue on it. Feel free f- uh, to take me away from it if you disagree. But how much of this was due to the messenger?
2: Well, I think Michael Chong, it, you know, I think you're right. I think that Michael Chong is is one of the uh, more universally uh, admired, let's say admired uh, MPs. I'm not sure, you know, it, you know, Is everybody going out for drinks? I don't know. But I do know that he is universally admired. And a lot of the things that he has suggested have become uh, the norm, right? Like we're shifting the way that we think of caucuses in no small part because of Michael Chong and some of the the bills that he's brought forward. Um, He is a thought leader. He is a person who is expected to speak his mind. And he's not just someone who's running around. Spouting lines, right? Like if this had come Needlessly. from, you know, yeah. like one of P- like if Pierre Polyev had said this, if if, if I Michael
0: would, Cooper, for example, had, well, oh had,
2: yeah, I mean Michael Cooper would be a, a great example of someone who who probably wouldn't have gotten very much attention uh, from me for sure, um, let alone the 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 uh, you know the the federal government. But when it's Michael Chong, uh, Michael Chong has a, has a reputation of being a straight shooter, uh, and not only that, Michael Chong. Um, he's, he's like the last of the reasonable guys on the, on the right. And so when he comes forward and he says, this is happening, you have the chance now, if you're the, if you're the, uh, the liberals to lose Michael Chong and that kind of, um, that voice from the house of commons, because, you know, I'll tell you something, if you're, if you're, if you're being bullied online and you're an MP, it's, it's almost like the price of admission. Is it right? No. No but you expect it your family Mm. getting bullied your family getting pushed around your family getting pushed around in a different country that's a that's a bridge too far it is it's unconscionable and it is a direct affront uh to our ability to have a democracy um so you know i'm glad it was michael chong i'm glad that that the 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 cons- you know the liberals and the conservatives are taking this seriously, and it's not just being used as political fodder, uh, as so much has been. This is this is being um, dealt with, I think, harshly and appropriately. Although slowly,
0: yeah, so slowly. I want to get to slowly in a second. That was yeah. kind of the second part of this conversation, Corey. How much of this was due to, to the messenger, as much as it was the message and the situation?
1: Well, I I disagree. I I think mm. that. I agree with everything that Stephen has said about Michael Chong garnering a lot of respect in the uh, Parliament of Canada and beyond, of course. But let's be really clear about what happened here. An MP took a position and a foreign government tried to, tried to unspool that position and penalize that position and have retribution for that position. And I feel strongly that most any MP that would have happened to would have drawn a response back and a backlash. You we actually might genuinely think so? I 100% do. I think if mm. it was like a name that we were hearing for the first time, we might be like, wow, that's really wrong. And we might define that entire person based on the event. And Michael Chong, we just have a more textured view of because, of course, all of the things he's done in terms of, uh, you know, changes to parliament. Uh, I can't remember the name of the act all of a sudden,
0: yeah. uh, but allowing the yeah, that The one, the with, the, be... the one that, that, that got rid of Aaron O'Toole effectively. The, the, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, right. Not, not directly, know, like, but because of it, it, its existence. Well, it'll
1: come to me in a minute, but, but like it, it changes our view and it gives a more textured view. But in a way, if it had been somebody that was less of a brand name, if it was somebody who was just an MP in, say, rural Nova Scotia that most of us had never heard of... I think in some ways it would have almost accentuated the matter because that's all we would have known about them and we would have been like, what the that's hell, that's outrageous that this occurred to this particular individual. And Hang on, I... look, I mean, there are lines and there are red lines that a government yeah. cannot allow a foreign government to cross. And this was clearly one. It was absolutely
2: so, so, one.
0: Didn't mean to stop you. I, we just came up with it. uh, the Brett uh, Andrews Act. It's, yeah. the uh, Brett it's, Andrews. I just oh, reached out Brett to Brett, Act. actually. So.
2: Yeah, he's, it's actually uh, called uh, the Reform uh, Act. Uh, um, oh good Very Brett, of course Brett yeah. was able to fill that in for me Yeah. yeah thank,
0: thank you Brett thank you Brett, uh, thank you, Brett. as we, we celebrate agree. this is why the hour is named after you Brett <laughs> the thousand yeah. page show. Oh, is it an hour or is it more like two at this point um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't
2: know that's the beauty of this particular yeah. show
0: and you know what I mean that's how Brett rolls that's how I roll that's two how hours in
1: an hour Yeah. No, not right.
0: like Annalise we don't we don't we don't we don't tap out you and Brett you guys are birds of a feather totally man Brett and I Brett Andrews Carter, <laughs> are we,
2: where are we? Like, what happened? Okay, continue, continue. Ask me a question. I, oh, I'm, I'm continue.
0: Oh. I am ready. You're not going to answer. answer it, so I will. I've, I've moved on for the. Okay, here's the thing. You, Corey's point is an interesting one, but here, here's my my main. Thing. I wanted to kind of test that out, but I really wanted to go to where this is a problem for the government now because Corey is right in another way too, which is other MPs. Michael Chong has verified through the intelligence source that he has, the government has not, that there are others, that there are other MPs. How big of a problem is this for the government? And let's go get into the fact that they're acting so slowly. Is that slow acting a, 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 a political party and a government that is lethargic? Or is that a government that just knows way more than we do and has to be cautious? And you might say it's a bit of both, but give me your political take on this from from what you see.
2: Well, I'm going to go way out on a limb here. I'm going to tell you a couple of things that I think you both know. Number one, China's not great. China's um, China's kind of a bully. Uh, the government of China has strength and power, and they are not afraid to use it. Um, you know, we can see the retaliation they have done twice now against the United States because the speakers of the House have met with the uh, the president of Taiwan. That is legitimate. Uh, actions taken because they do not like the action of another another government we had two of our citizens taken uh hostage essentially uh by that government um they're not they don't play the same rules that we play and any action that we take could be deemed to be uh an affront to china and when it you know i mean i i got a lot of this when we were even just dealing with the Dalai Lama coming to Calgary. Like the truth of the matter is, if you do something that China doesn't like, you wind up on a list. And that's just reality. And they do things that we don't do. They do try and influence the outcome. You know, they try and influence um, through their core, uh, uh, through their expats. They try and influence members of the Legislative Assembly. They try and influence uh, your, 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 your counselor they try and influence your mayor and now they're influencing mla or uh, mps um what does the government do about that well there's lots of different things most of those things that the government does to deal with things like that we don't do with we don't do it in public that's that's not the place to do this isn't to do it in public because that just escalates everything uh further and faster and i just don't see how that's a good idea
0: Corey, yeah what do you think
1: Yeah. Well, I actually want to build a little bit on what Stephen said. First, first line of defense is awareness. So you don't fall into traps and, you know, accepting gifts and getting yourself in compromised situations and our security apparatus, the RCMP, CSIS, they make sure that people are aware of those consequences. They also, uh, You know, have the ability to let people know that they know that China's reaching out Mm. to them, which in itself can put a bit of a damper on these things and remind people that we do have security apparatuses that look into these particular matters here. Why? Where I think I maybe want to yank this conversation a tiny bit, Zane, is Mm -hmm. um, there was a moment about a month ago that we talked about at the time Uh, with katie telford's testimony at the committee Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where she said the prime minister reads all of the things that goes ahead and now we've had in the past couple of weeks some conversation about what the prime minister knew and when who was told what did this file actually get on anybody's desk and whatnot and i can't help but think that we've we've seeing Chekhov's committee testimony. Like at the time, I think I said that that's a dangerous comment because all you need to do then is sort of point that something ended up in the prime minister's office and it implicates Justin Trudeau. And I'm yep. really yep. wondering about that now.
0: And, well, in the and, past I, and couple, I think you said, it was just this, this comment just to be, just for folks that, that didn't catch up. The prime minister reads everything that comes across his desk, like right? almost like a yeah, blanket right. statement. Yeah, right. it was blanket a blanket statement.
1: statement. Of yeah. course, if it came to the prime minister, he would have done that. And I can't help but note the caution that everybody is now talking in, in terms of like what we knew at the time, what was available, a lot of hedge words. And I think part of why everything is moving a little bit more methodically at this point is like, They're walking around bear traps they set for themselves. And I'm not saying that they're saying there was a thing and they're trying to cover up the thing. I'm emphatically not saying that. I'm saying they've realized they've made some strong statements and they better be fucking careful going forward in terms of what they've said.
0: Carter, what do you do here? You've got Michael Chung, <coughs> whether Corey, Corey's point's a good one. any He thinks any MP would have gotten this level of attention to the story, but you've got a sympathetic messenger in, in Michael Chung, a respected messenger in Michael Chung. You've got actions taken this week that that uh, people have been calling for, uh, for for months now in certain ways. You have a prime minister who didn't know, right? The prime minister did not know. This is a Globe and Mail and intelligence uh, officials verifying to MP Chung that this is what happened. If you're the prime minister right now what sort of crisis damage are you doing are you just saying fuck this noise i'm i'm taking david johnson out of the picture we're calling a public inquiry are you channel changing on the issue are you channel changing away from the issue can you even channel change for long enough so that it doesn't get back to the issue you also know that there's more mps more actual names of your colleagues will come out uh in terms of who else was targeted This seems, Corey's bear traps is absolutely right. This seems like a shit ton of bear traps, some of which you've put for yourself, some of which are newly emerging. You've also got pure polyette breathing down your neck on it. Carter, what is, I'm not asking for a silver bullet, but give me the pathway here. Are you expediting a public inquiry? Are you channel shifting away from this? What are you thinking about um, on this particular fog? Because... It seems to have this this yo yo effect that you perhaps want to avoid at the most inopportune time. The,
2: the, there's only one real solution to something like this, and that is to create um, a bipartisan solution or a you know tripartisan solution. You've got to bring everybody to the table. You got to get uh, you got to get a committee put together. That committee needs to be. Uh, In a position where they are enabled to see the information, to see the fullness of the information, and it does not appear to be controlled by the government. That's Mm. essential. Um, Keep in mind, in this particular— the prime minister is not directing CSIS on what to do. The prime minister is not sitting in CSIS's office and saying, "Have you got? Have you got a guy over there studying these people on the west coast? Because especially, we're especially bad on the west coast. We have got to make sure we got some stuff going on over there." The prime minister has em- empowered the bureaucracy to deal with this, and the bureaucracy needs to be uh, needs to be reporting back to the to the legislative branch, the uh, you know, and, and telling uh, the House of Commons what's going on in secret in private uh behind closed doors and the only way that you can make that happen is through some sort of bipartisan you know bipartisan element this this uh, david johnson piece is just now i think it i think it's run its course and i'm sad to say that because i think i was one of the people saying that it would never run its course uh and i'm thinking that i'm going to be i was wrong. too
0: for what it's worth yeah yeah I, I you know so what, the, you do, what the, are you doing on that front? When you say run its course, be clear with me. Are you yanking well, it away
1: from Johnson? Like what do you mean? In in fewer than two weeks, in less than two weeks' time, this report is due May twenty third. It's due. Yep, We're recording yep. it's May eleventh here. So like yep. why why would you accelerate it? It wouldn't even be accelerated. Like if the report showed up tomorrow, it would be like that's kind of when you expect the report to show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. a Friday just before it, where you can kind of bury it on the weekend, potentially. Now, the question does become, what are the recommendations that come out of it? And perhaps they will be like what Stephen said, that say, we've got to deal with this in a back room where we can have more robust security conversations that include many parties, or maybe it will say we need a public inquiry or maybe it'll say we need a combination of these two things because there are public questions and there are private questions or, you know, questions of state security is probably a better way to put on it. All of which must be addressed at this particular moment. And and like, lest we forget this, the, the Michael Chong thing is really quite serious and quite dramatic, but we still have many questions to answer, uh, about the Handong situation uh, uh-huh. obviously we've also seen an escalation where uh, he is now suing the reporters or you know the the media outlet that that put that story out but the the foundational challenge on that first one was either a the security apparatus tried to torpedo the liberals or b the liberals did not take seriously an attempt to interfere in an election on their benefit and so, you know, there's a lot of things out there. And at this point, there are so many issues and so many challenges but, related yeah. to Canada's relations with China. Like I, I'm really curious to see what Johnson does, but I do think in a way it's a dead letter because it has run its course. And and the issue has expanded and gone into so many different ways with this Chong thing that even if Johnson was to say, I don't think we need an inquiry because of the, the Handong thing, now we've got a this, whole this other thing. kettle of fish. And so this just doesn't go away. I mean, and and I don't even mean this in a small sense. I mean, Canada-China relations, this does not go away. We need to think about how we're going to address this as a country.
0: Yeah. So Carter, this does not go away from a pure policy perspective, from an issue that we need to deal with. Politically, however, is there opportunity in having a lot of issues on the same file that are hard to understand? And listen, I have utmost respect for the voters, but like there are nine different chapters, six different pretzels, just a lot going on. That on its face, this is not a crisp one sentence. I get it. This is not sixteen dollar orange juice. This is not one of those stories. It's big China, Beijing, CCP. Like uh, every country, all it's. Am I being am I being too naive that I mean, there's it's opportunity it's spot in complexity? On in my
1: opinion, Zane.
0: That there's uh, there's opportunity in in political, raw political opportunity in complexity and that the layers are actually not hurtful. They're perhaps helpful. Carter, what do you think?
2: I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, this isn't going. I mean, I haven't seen any polling on this. Has anybody seen any polling? Um, Not recently. I don't think this is going to be the top of the line polling question. I don't think people are going to come away from this saying, you know, if we don't figure this out, we've got real issues. But that's the reason that you can put together a committee and put it behind the scenes. Because if the gen pop cared about this the way that they should care about this, we may be demanding a a public inquiry. What we should be doing is, you know, recognizing that this is big. This is big. This is big. But it's also probably pretty quiet in terms of. you know, political intrigue. Um, And by God, if I was Pierre Polyev or I was one of his advisors, I'd be telling him, please, please just keep it quiet. This isn't something that we solve in public. This isn't something that we make hay on. This is something that uh, needs to be discussed and we need to reach a solution because China, China's a powerful, powerful ally slash frenemy. This this could go really bad in a, in a very short period of time.
0: Corey, you want you want to add to that point around uh, the, the the layers adding political opportunity for the liberals, not just political risk.
1: Well, I think it's it's charitable, but an immense stretch to call China an ally at this point, Stephen. But I think <laughs> your point is this: re- yeah, it yeah. was a really solid one in terms. Of, so Zane, as you were going on, the reason I was so emphatically agreeing is I actually think that complexity has. Has two consequences um, that have political elements here. The first is with the conservative caucus. Like the more that this ratchets up and this becomes China and its effect on this nation and the consequences to the conservative caucus members themselves and all of that, I think the more it forces people to be serious about this and say, okay, you know, I know we said it would ha- handcuff us and no, we can't take these security mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, briefings and all of that. But at a certain point, it's like, we got to we gotta figure this out, right? And so we've all got to take this a little bit serious. Maybe we got to dial down the rhetoric. Maybe we got to get behind closed doors and figure out what the fuck we're dealing with, right? So that's element number one. And I think that can change the tenor of the political conversation overall. And certainly it makes it less of a game when you're in the mm. caucus and you're now seeing the consequences that are happening for some people. And perhaps that's not fair to say that they thought it was a game, but perhaps it's not unfair to say they weren't taking it super seriously like this before this particular moment.
0: Oh no, they were trying to extract political value and you saw it even how Polyev was was writing to the special rapporteur and other uh, things on that file. Keep going, Corey.
1: Yeah, dear rapporteur and quotes and all that. We talked about that. But the second element is the public element and let's look at it from the lens of the liberals right now and let's just talk about this. And, And I've sort of introduced this, right? There was the issue previous... On, on. I mean, there's been so many issues related to China, uh, including uh, the vote on the Uyghur, the Uyghur vote in the first place, where you know, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. people who didn't show up from the cabinet and all of that. Right. Here's the thing there was a story where it seemed like there was potentially one of the angles was almost collusion China and liberals or at least liberal indifference or maybe there was something with the C- you know csis and the security apparatus and there were a lot of people in the story and you weren't necessarily sure i mean you knew China wasn't acting great but maybe mm-hmm. some other people were not acting great and you didn't quite know who the villains were and we had to get to the bottom of this and all of that but now we're layering in more stories where clearly China is acting being a bad actor and it is it is combining and it's conflated in people's minds and it's it's becoming a little more difficult to say this is a liberal party story and it's feeling a lot more like a bigger china story and and that muddying i think uh, has political consequences that are not entirely negative for the liberals although as we've said there are there are bear traps all around that the liberals need to watch out for here but in, in the two are tied like a, as the stakes get more serious as this becomes clearly more geopolitical in nature I think that both the Conservative Caucus more immediately and the Canadian public are viewing it more as a geopolitical struggle, and that has domestic political consequences.
0: We're going to leave that segment there, Carter. Move it on to our final segment, our over-under in our lightning round. Stephen Carter, we do it for you. We no, we do it for you. No, we ah, do, it for, we do it for
1: Brett Andrews.
2: Brett Andrews. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Honestly, Zane, it's like you don't read the Come memos. On. You... You know, we send memo after memo people. Like you'd have no idea how many memos we've sent to this guy.
1: Do you, you want to true. give that another one? You want to give it a clean shot there? You just wanna just you wanna say it again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Steve. Let's move Carter. On to our
0: final segment are over under our lightning round. Brett Andrews, we do this for you. We always do this for you. Uh, you are you are our are shining light. You're our rock, uh, Brett. Yeah. You are you are a rock. If you ever cancel your patreon subscription oh you're gonna hear no end we will we will end yeah, you no we
2: will it's end. We'll, we'll end the we'll show. it's over we will yeah no we will fucking it that's true we'll end
1: the
0: show yeah we're not gonna threaten you we love you brett andrews yeah. we will end the yeah. show we'll end the show no, you can't well you're gonna fuck it up for everyone else and we're gonna on the final show your address your email your phone number. no we're not doing. we're not gonna do well, that do we have that information okay carter i think you have that information we're gonna hang on i'm just gonna we're not gonna we're not threatening Brett. Now. All I know We're for no, sure is that Taylor and Sarah. We love Brett
2: yeah. if, if you shame us, if you shame us something,
1: we happened, love you. We would never hurt you. <laughs> but we, would hurt podcast. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. we would hurt this podcast. We would
0: hurt this podcast. Very on bread. Actually doing both things. Yeah. Very on bread. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Carter. Yep. Tucker Carlson is back. No. No. He? He's he's going to do a show on, on Twitter. Um, are you in or are you out on Tucker Carlson doing this show on, on Twitter, Stephen Carter?
2: I'm out. Um, I am so close to leaving Twitter. Oh, this was very close this week, kids. And I'll tell you something. What's making it easier to uh, consider or even contemplate leaving leaving Twitter is our Discord on, uh, you know, the, the Strategist Discord, which comes for free when you become a Patreon. So,
1: uh, oh, actually, it means it costs money. But, yes, go on. Yeah,
2: okay. It's free when you are a member. It's yeah. free when you're a member.
1: That's it. a very long-winded way to say uh, you pay for But that's only $6,
2: it. $6 a month. That's really like cheap. Good. And so I'm on the And you know what? I'm on it the could Discord. Be zero. I'm on the could Discord.
0: be zero if you go to do you know, do you know? Yeah. Do you know what else is free when you pay for it? Everything.
2: <laughs> hey, Corey, do you have a position on this? Because uh, it's the lightning
0: round. I I really like the Discord, too. Okay. I think Are you Discord is on, actually on a pretty Carlson. Great, are you in around uh, Tucker Carlson joining Twitter uh, as is, as is so I'm actually genuinely curious if Twitter can can ho- house original over. content.
2: It's over. But Twitter's like, over.
0: It's, it's a lot of fucking eyeballs. Uh, Corey, it's any a- thoughts on this?
1: Well, I think twitter serves a different function It it is about conversation i do think opinion leaders congregate there i think one of the reasons cbc decided to come back to twitter is not because they were getting eyeballs to their stories it's because they were no longer involved in conversations meaningful conversations about policy and news in this country
0: and just
2: put the Tony knife Carlson. right in her back hey yeah i know just
0: <laughs> right, right in. in her back right in
2: <laughs> oh Poor
0: Annalise. It's okay. She, she doesn't listen, I've heard.
2: It's, r- it's true. So her, her, <laughs> yeah. her
0: and I have that in common. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson,
1: um, going to Twitter is a way that he wants to continue to be in the conversation. But I, you know, if that's his goal, then good good for him. Not good for the rest of us, but good for him. But ultimately, he's just, it's going to be difficult to have the relevance he had on on Fox News on Twitter twitter is not where you think of going for content like original content you go there twitter has replaced the comment section on newspapers twitter has replaced the conversation it is not it's
0: not where content producers generally live cory cnn one word of advice for them going forward what would it be oh uh, i don't i
1: i don't know um Repent? I, no, I don't even know. I mean, like, I'm not really sure that CNN needs any advice. This is the tempest of this week, and we'll all move on.
0: Carter, will we all move on? And if so, what's your advice for them in one word for this week?
2: Patience. That see how that was one word. That was one oh, word, man. Corey. Well, now Just
1: I'm going to change an my answer. It's all going down. There's going to be heads rolling at CNN because
0: Stephen Carter suggested patience. Patience is great. That's true. Another Carter. Another uh, uh, Carter prediction. Stephen Carter prediction. Yeah. We're going to do it there. Carter, final question to you. I'm going to start with you on this one. Scale of 1 to 10, how fucked are the liberals with the, the, the ongoing China interference stories? Uh, on a scale of, of one to ten, we talked about complexity perhaps being a political win, but we also have uh, the the issue that they are still government; they have to deal with this shit, uh, even if there's political uh, neutrality or political opportunity available for them. How fucked are the liberals overall policy and political perspective combined, Carter?
2: Uh, I would give it about a four four out of ten. Corey,
1: are you are we around the same four out of ten? No, I, I give it much higher. I give it something more like a seven. do Don't Nobody should sleep on this issue. The rise of China's power is one of the most consequential things that's happened in our lifetimes. Uh, it is just a reality that we've moved from a unipolar world to something different. And um, we we are going to be dealing with the consequences of that for quite some time and it is not entirely clear to me what they are yet but yeah you know, this buckle up this is going to get strange and the fact that our government is in such a tense moment with this power this rising power is challenging to say the least so stay tuned
0: i'm going to leave that segment there that segment of course brought to us by flair airlines flair no, airlines buckle and, up no Buckle up. It's going to get strange. Uh, that that <laughs> That's that's a wrap on episode 10, six, uh, 1061 of The Strategist. Also episode one of the Brett Andrews Radio Hour. Who gives a fuck, Brett? We're going to add radio to it. My name is Zade Velger. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter, and we'll see you next time.
1: Hey, everybody, but especially Brett Andrews. Thank you for listening to the Strategist's uh, Brett Andrews Hour. We'd like you to maybe just consider, potentially for a moment here, going to brettandrews.ca and, and filling out our survey. It's really important to Zane. His, there's a few questions about him specifically on it. And I, I mean, frankly, if he doesn't get the results that he's looking for, We're going to hear about it for a long, long time here. The other thing you do need to keep in mind is we are bribing you to do this. There is the opportunity to win really impressive prizes. Well, one prize, actually, and it's not that impressive, but it's something to consider as you you sit there at the end of this episode, realizing that your life is so empty, you just listen to us talk for like, what, 80 minutes? I don't know. And uh, yeah, there's some opportunity here. To uh, to you know, channel that effort into going to BrettAndrews.ca, uh, not the BrettAndrews.ca. I understand um that uh, the BrettAndrews.ca is no longer owned by the Strategist Media Corporation, but um, BrettAndrews.ca, we we got that one, and we got you, Brett, and we love you, Brett, and we love the rest of you who know Brett and
0: and can give love to Brett as well.
2: Really good job, Corey. Really good job. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was that was great. And if I do not get the results I want, stop to stop the steal. Big lie, it's happening. Fantastic. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> building a new definition to the Velji rule. Okay, we're all we're all gonna we all just, fuck it.